0: This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. Guess what? My new book, Past Lives in Ancient Lands and Other Worlds is coming out in October and you can pre-order the book now. Do you want to learn about your past lives in Egypt, in Rome, in Greece, or did you fly around in a spaceship in another dimension in another lifetime? You can explore all of this and more in my new book. So thanks in advance for pre-ordering and we'll be talking more about past lives in ancient lands and other worlds in the coming weeks and months. Hi friends, I hope you're doing well. Hey, guess what? I'm going to be in the Shift Network Beyond the Veil Summit starting October 31st on Halloween through November 4th. And I want you to come join me. This is incredible. We've got tons of amazing speakers. I'm going to take you on a guided journey and you're going to find answers to the big questions that you have in your life and have tools and resources to help you go beyond the veil. So join me October 31st through November 4th. I'll have the links below and I'll look forward to seeing you soon. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Kerr. Hey, friends. Welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. Guess who? I am your guest today and your host. And so today we're going to be talking to me about, <laughs> about my new book, Past Lives in Ancient Lands and Other Worlds. And so this is going to be the first of a two-part episode. So in today's episode we'll talk about ancient lands and then stay tuned next week because we're going to go into other worlds which includes of course Lemuria, Atlantis, extraterrestrials, other worlds and parallel universes and so much more. But for now what we're going to do is this is a 300-page book and so I want to really explain to you in great detail what we are actually talking about in terms of the ancient lands that you're going to be exploring. Because when you go through this book, my goal is to help awaken your mind to some of the places where your soul may have lived in past lives. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just opening up the table of contents. I'm going to need to keep this here to keep myself on track as I glance at this. (laughs) Keeping myself on track um, is very challenging. So we'll give it a shot. So what I have done in the book, it's organized in the ancient civilization section to begin at the beginning of time, at the earliest case histories, and then move forward in time. So I start out with case studies about hunter gatherers and prehistorical people. And so it's super interesting. I've told you many, many times that people seek regression for different reasons, like they've got different issues. And of course, I've always described this as love and relationships, health or money, which means security, et cetera. And so there really are um, some common themes that show up within each one of these ancient worlds. And with prehistory people, you see a lot of different interesting themes, one of which is fear, So if there's a lot of fear that a soul is carrying over time, that can start to really bog you down in your current life. And so some clients return to these very early lifetimes where they experience themselves in prehistory. And so you then will have a chance to do a journey to heal fear. And then another one that's so interesting, I mean, every person alive is going to experience grief and sorrow from time to time. I, have, I don't want to talk a lot about the case studies here. I really want you to read this book because the case studies in this book are different than in my other books. They're kind of sprinkled in with the historical accounts to kind of help you get involved in finding out which places are going to resonate with you. But one I do want to bring up because it's so interesting was this woman who is literally nonverbal as a soul. She's gone back to this prehistory time. She has no language. She's out there. Her whole group has passed away and she's very grief stricken over the loss of her mate. And really, I mean, what are you supposed to do? You have no language to express yourself. You really don't have a lot of time to be sad because something could be coming to kill you and you've got to find food tonight. So it's very, very, um, very, hardcore survival stuff that gets addressed in these very early times. Um, Another thing that could come up that is more on a positive note, you know, we find community sometimes by gathering around fires together. And so I've got a guided journey in there where you can go to the ancient land, or again, when you're taking these journeys though, you're gonna go back to a time when your soul sat around the fire with others in community so, because that was one of the more positive kinds of things that can come out of a prehistorical setting is you know you might be wandering the land but you know often you stayed with your group and so there's some comfort in that and so you though when you're taking your journey you might only go back to the 1800s that's fine because i don't know how far back you're going to go but you'll at least get to experience these kinds of exercises even if you didn't live as a prehistorical person so It's kind of interesting. And then we're going to get into something I have never spoken about before, um, which would be Mesopotamia. So this is very interesting. We'll talk about the area of the Fertile Crescent. Once these hunter-gatherers decided to settle down, we'll talk about some of the early farmers. And I've got some case histories of people who believe that they lived and farmed in very, very ancient times as that transition was being made. And so you will get to go back on a journey and see if you ever had a past life on a farm. And again, that farm might've been in the 1900s. It might've been in the middle ages or it could be in the ancient times, but you'll get a chance to go back and experience that for yourself. And this will start to bring up memories and awareness for you. And of course we have Babylon. I talk about a case study about Hammurabi's law. It's so interesting because you would think that people would be very upset by these new laws that had come in, in the ancient world. But the truth is they were actually very settled by them because what was happening is let's say you were a ruler and I was just a peasant, then I would end up taking the brunt of the punishment. And so, the idea of having laws that could be applied equally to everyone meant that if you and I broke the same law, then we were gonna get the same punishment. And we could understand what that punishment is. And then we could individually assess whether the risks and rewards were worth what we were doing, right? Because it's very, very common in a lot of the cases that I've done over the years. Um, I've got a lot of cases of people who had to steal in order to survive. And so we talk about that in this chapter for sure. You know, there's a law, you get there's a punishment. And sometimes that punishment was death, but yet over here, we've got a family and they need to be fed. So now you are in a moral dilemma and this comes out very, very often. I mean, I don't wanna say every day, but it's pretty common and it's something that I have written about in other books as well. So we'll talk about that. Um, We're gonna talk about the Persian empire I have never discussed before. This is so interesting. I think that the Persian empire is really coming more into our focus now. And I'm gonna attribute that to some of the great documentaries that we have on the Discovery and History channels that are bringing that time period more into people's awareness. So I've got some really cool case histories of people who seem to be describing ancient Persepolis. And then of course we talk about some of the times when of course Alexander the Great came in and he burned the place to the ground which is really sad. I really would have loved to have seen all of the treasures he destroyed, but he did that in retaliation for what they did to Athens earlier. And so I try to, again, sprinkle this historical tales into the case histories for you because as you're reading, you're starting to go, wait, that sounds familiar, or ooh, that sounds like something I don't wanna deal with. And so again, those are the places where you might wanna explore yourself. So definitely some new stuff I hadn't talked about before. Now, some old stuff that I love to talk about. Um, ancient Egypt, hello, you know I love that. I talk about it all the time, I love it, I can't get enough. I think I've done a more thorough job in this book though because we're gonna go into actual case studies from the old kingdom. This would be the when the Giza pyramid was being built. That's a period that I believe I, I have lived. Um, of course, I have tons of case studies from that period. Then we will go into the Middle Kingdom. This was very difficult times in ancient Egypt. It began the first and second intermediary period. And during that time, guess what? The gods and goddesses, they didn't come through. The Nile did not flood, there was famine and then there was uprisings and then there was invasions. And so we talk about some of that. One of the interesting ones I mentioned in the book is the Hyksos, you know, they thought that they were quote invaders. And now they've studied dental records because we know so so much more because of technology. And they realized they were not invaders. They actually lived there. And at some point they had immigrated there. So they think they might've been having some kind of an internal uprising rather than what we had historically thought was a big um, invasion from outsiders. That is not true. And so every single day that we're alive, it's just getting so interesting because of our technologies we're finding out more and more and more about human history where we came from and the truth about civilization and the ancient world so it's super interesting we'll get through that Um, and then of course we're going to talk about the late period this is when the persians took over and then of course alexander the great came in again and he took over Um, i don't have case studies from that period but i mention it in the book you need to read about it because it could be that's gonna ring a bell for you. And you're gonna start to say, wait a minute, maybe I lived during that time. And then finally, we have to talk about the Ptolemaic period, which is incredibly popular. I have spoken extensively about the fact that I have regressed six Cleopatras in Dallas, Texas alone back in my early career. And throughout my years of doing this, I do run across a lot of Cleopatra energy so, you're going to get to go on a guided journey and connect with Cleopatra. And if you live during that period, again, you'll read some case histories of people and see if it feels familiar. So, a lot of fun, as usual, in ancient Egypt. Then, of course, we've got to go to ancient Greece. So many people love Greece. And, of course, I'm one of those people. A lot of people have supraetrophy happen to them when they go to Greece. Superectravi is something I talked about in earlier books like my book Blast from the Past. That is a spontaneously induced past life memory that can happen when we're traveling. So if we travel to Greece and then all of a sudden we have this little like this epiphany happen and we start to go wait a minute I think I lived here before. That can happen. And so I have a superectravi journey that you can go on. You may not find that you lived in ancient Greece but you're going to find out some other places where you might have lived in past lives so we do that then we have to talk about not just greece which is something i have talked about in other books but let's go into some of the other fascinating aegean civilizations that are so important in ancient times one of course that i love hello is the minoans so i've got a pretty extensive collection of minoan case studies i've never published these before Um, My last trip to Greece was last year, and I went to Knossos Palace. It is absolutely amazing there. I I felt a definite connection. So you'll get a chance to visit with these ancient Minoans on this guided journey. It's very interesting, and you can see if that resonates with you. So one of the interesting things about the Greeks that people probably forget—I don't know if they do—but you know the Minoans were very, very advanced. But they really didn't leave anything behind in terms of writing and then they're one of those groups that just vanished so we don't really know what happened to them they could have been absorbed by the next group we're going to cover in this section which is the mycenians they could have absorbed them or of course we had the volcanic eruption of thera on the island of santorini that could have disrupted things so we don't really know what happened to them and so then we talk about the mycenians which are very fascinating because people really don't largely consider the fact that the ancient Greeks were just warring tribes. They were always beating each other up. They were always at war. It was very unstable. And that really led to not only the decline of their civilization and perhaps the destruction of the Minoans, but it also led to the decline and loss of language. They actually went through the dark ages where they had no language for a period, if you can even believe that. They had Linear A, which no one can understand. They developed Linear B, they lost everything. And then we come back in this land to explore like, did you ever wonder if you've known Plato or Socrates? you will get to go on a guided journey and find out if you've known philosophers and so that is super interesting so it's incredible when you think that they literally lost language went into the dark ages and then they came back they came roaring back to be the best thing that's ever happened to civilization so it's really incredible and so we talk about those things and i sprinkle in the past life case histories that explain those things and as you're going along again i'm trying to say does any of this sound exciting to you? And there's lots of journaling I'm asking you to do if you want, you don't have to, but you know, just taking notes of thoughts that you're having can really help you unravel your own soul's journey through time because that's what the book is about. So it's super interesting. And a lot of this beyond just typical top level Greek case histories is stuff that I've never written about before. So I think you're gonna enjoy it. Um, I certainly did enjoy putting it together because it's things that have been in the drawer for a very, very long time. And I do love that area of the world. So next, of course, you know, we have to go to ancient Europe. It's so fascinating right now to think about ancient Europe and all of the richness there because they found stone tools that are now dating the ancient Europeans back to maybe 700 up to 950,000 years ago. So again, as mentioned before, I cannot stress enough, we need to throw the history books away. We know we've been promised change in this life and we need to consider our history to be something that is changing and it's in constant flux because with all the new technologies that we have, all of the new understandings that we have, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are far older than what history would have wanted us to know earlier, let's just say. So in the Europe chapter, of course, we have to talk about megaliths, stone circles, obviously Stonehenge, yes, we love it. But did you know that Malta and the temple people are actually the oldest in Europe? They're incredible. Malta is an amazing island, Um, got very strange vibes. I went there on a cruise once It is the most bombed place on Earth because during World War II, they were just decimated. And so it's got very, very interesting energy over there. But they do have the remains of these structures that were put there by the temple people. Very, very ancient stuff because we're really talking about all of Europe, not just like Britannia. But speaking of which, yes, we get into Britannia. We talk about how the romans came in i've got a case study of someone who lived in britannia when the romans came in and took over the romans were you know they they were the romans they just went and took everything over Um, normally they were pretty cool with everybody just keeping their ways of life as long as they could at least pay a little bit of homage to the royal or the roman deities however what happened with the druids which we also have to discuss in this chapter is that the Romans were incredibly intimidated by the Druids because they had no written accounts of all of the things they were doing. And of course, they were very powerful priests. And so one of the emperors, um, I don't have my notes. I think it's it's Constantine. I don't remember. I can't remember, but it's in the book. He decided to go directly against the Druids and ban them. And then they burned down one of their sacred sites in Anglesey. So it was very dramatic. And then of course the Romans said, well, we did that. We crushed that rebellion. Well, of course they didn't, you know, the Druids went in and they went into hiding. And so we talk about that. You get to connect with that energy. If that's something from one of your past lives. And then we go into something super interesting. I had written a whole book about curses. And so we talk about this idea of whether or not we have had spells put against us or whether somebody sent us the evil eye or whether we were the ones casting spells and not all spells are bad. We might've just been doing prosperity spells or you might've been working with herbs in some you know, Irish countryside cabin or something. So you get a chance to go explore those things as well. And there's lots and lots of case histories about that. And then at the end of the chapter, we talk about the Vikings there was that monk whose name is the venerable Bede, and so he wrote many many volumes of what it was like to be an early christian in europe and how you know they would be out in these monasteries i've got a case history in the book about this they're out in this monastery and now the vikings are coming and they're pillaging and plundering and taking over and then eventually the vikings went down and settled in the normandy area of france and then of course during the Norman invasion they came back and settled the land so we again are painting the picture sprinkling the case histories throughout to help you figure out if any of this feels familiar to you so it's super interesting next obviously we have to talk about the Americas north central and south north America um, I think many know that I grew up in Albuquerque New Mexico And I spent a lot of my formative years also in Arizona and Colorado. This is the home of the ancestral Puebloans who I love dearly. And I talk about that as well as some of the other fascinating indigenous Americans that we have. We will talk about obviously the Mayans, which is one of the most popular topics in any past life regression. Tons of people believe they're connected to that energy. So you will have a chance to take a guided journey And find out if you can connect to that energy as well. And of course, then we go down into South America. Peru is really the number one most requested or most experienced past life place. So we're going to go there. I love Peru. Um, There's also some in Easter Island and some other places. And again, all the time, you're going through these guided journeys to see if any of this is ringing a bell for you. Then speaking of the Romans, we're going to actually go right back into ancient Rome, um, into the empire. We'll talk briefly about the Roman Republic. You know, it's so interesting. I'm working on that long book I've mentioned on this show before. I am working on a book right now that has more historical research in it than even this one does. And so I've really tuned in to the Roman Empire and to the Republic. And my guides have told me there are a lot of reincarnated Romans in the United States right now. This is a Republic here now, and guess what? We were maybe in the Republic then as well. And I know I've had a lot of different memories of my past lives in Rome come up while I've been doing this research. So even though I'm the one doing the research, this is what I'm saying can happen for you also as you're reading it, as I'm maybe even talking today, you're getting feelings or you're having some inner thoughts that are going on as we're having this conversation, which is why I kind of wanted to look at you while we're doing this today so that maybe you're having some ideas about things about where you might have been from. You never know. So it's very interesting. We're going to go into all the good stuff in the Roman Empire. We've got to go into the Colosseum. Absolutely fantastic um brand new documentary just aired on the history channel it is phenomenal it's about the Colosseum. it's about eight episodes it's some of the best stuff i've ever seen it really paints the historical picture and why the coliseum was the focal point of the roman empire during this time and it helps kind of tell a story of different periods during the roman empire and the republic and everything and how it, the empire finally um, came to an end and so i cannot recommend that enough So we, of course, have some gladiators case studies. Um, You'll have to check those out. Very interesting. We talk about um, the Romans really love to be entertained. And I think even though all people suffer and struggle and have problems, even in the ancient world, there are times when we do have a good time, you know, so you'll have a chance to take a guided journey into a space when maybe you experience good times, even in the midst of complete chaos and who knows what else in an ancient land. So we'll take a look at all of those things. And then of course, we have to go to Asia. We're gonna look at China, um, people who um, followed Confucius, Chinese Buddhism. We'll go into some Japanese past lives and Shintoism of course, to India, which is part of South Asia. I have been to India a couple of times in this life and I feel that I have had many, many past lives in ancient India. So you'll have a chance to see if any of those things ring a bell. We talk about holy water in terms of India. Um, I describe the holy Ganges River, which is an, an incredible healing place that's very sacred in Hinduism and so I take you then on a guided journey where you can see, have you ever worked around holy water or whether it's a river and a natural water setting, or maybe you were a priest or something, you'll get a chance to go see if you've been exposed to and benefited from the healing properties of holy water. So that's kind of interesting. Um, we will also talk about Tibetan Buddhism. Ah. Oh. I wanna go to Tibet, I've never been there, but a lot of my clients have, and a lot of them have gone into past lives in ancient Tibet, so we'll talk about that. And then I take you on another guided journey that's kind of a restorative healing journey that's based on Buddhist principles of just relaxation, minding the breath, allowing um, discomfort to rise and pass away. So I hope that you'll find that one to be very, very peaceful. And then we end our study of the ancient world by talking about ancient Australia and the indigenous Australians who are some of the most fascinating people in the world. And because the ancestral part of things is so important there, in that section of the book, I'm gonna give you a journey to meet with one of your ancestors that's based on my earlier book, Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life. We've talked earlier extensively on this show and elsewhere about how powerful it is when we can connect to our ancestors, send them healing, send them love and light and joy and peace and happiness. And then as we do that, we realize that that healing is going to extend to all family members. It's going to help you personally. It's going to help other relatives who are alive at this time. And then that positive energy gets transmuted out into the future. So you'll get to go on a guided journey there. It's hopefully very, very healing and incredibly helpful. So that is a lot. And I'm telling you, I know it seems like we've had a long conversation. We haven't even really scratched the surface because I haven't even told you everything. I'd like to tell you more, but there's just too much. I hope that you will pick up a copy of Ancient Lands and Other Worlds. I hope you will check this out. Um, I have absolutely loved putting this book together for you. This is my dream book of what I've always wanted to put together. It's got everything that I would want to say to you all in one place. And as we're closing this part of the ancient world, um, I do want to say something about why I think it's so important to study different cultures and study, you know, even different ancient civilizations think about places in the world other than wherever it is you live, whether you live in the States or whether you live in any other country around the world, just thinking about other people in other parts of the world just helps you realize, you know, we are all one people. We have more in common than perhaps we've ever come to understand. You know, we all have the same hopes, the same fears, the same dreams. And so I hope that this wider understanding of other cultures can bring us closer together and give us more compassion as we move forward in this next amazingly interesting chapter in human history that we are experiencing right now so that is it that is ancient lands And so what we're gonna do, again, we promise not only ancient lands, friends, but other worlds as well. So stay tuned next week. We're gonna get into part two of this two-part talk. I'm gonna talk to you about other worlds. You know I love Lemuria. I love Atlantis. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about people who encountered extraterrestrials. Um, Did they make a contract with the ETs? What were those about? How could we clear them? They went off to other planets. We went out into parallel universes and dimensions and future realities and just all the far out stuff that some of you have absolutely no interest in whatsoever. And others are going, dang, I wanted to do that this week. I don't want to wait. Well, guess what? You'll have to stay tuned to this next episode of Healing Arts. And then of course, we're getting ready to end season 12. We've got season 13 coming up. I've got some fancy guests coming up for season 13, but first we're going to get through the next couple of weeks with past lives in ancient lands and other worlds. I want to thank my friend George Norrie again for contributing the forward to this book. I'm so grateful. Linda Moulton Howe, all the friends that have supported this work, I'm grateful, and to my clients, I thank you so much. I hope that this book will help you on your path to awaken you to who you truly are so that you can find greater peace, joy, and happiness, and self-understanding and acceptance in this current lifetime. So until next time, I will see you again on the next episode of Healing Arts. Journeys Through the Akashic Records is coming out on Friday, July 8th, and I just can't wait. In this book, you will receive 40 guided journeys that span my 20 years as a past life regressionist. You will take journeys to help you find the answers within yourself to some of your life's biggest questions. And if you're up late on Thursday, July 8th, 7th, I will be speaking with my friend George Nori on Coast to Coast AM. We'll be talking about journeys through the Akashic Records. So I want to thank you in advance for pre-ordering this book. It just means the world to me. And I will look forward to seeing you soon. Namaste.